0: Hi, my name is Ricky, and you're listening to the Leadership Equity and Wellness Pod. Welcome to Season 1. This season shares conversations that have been recorded through Instagram Live. I first began my series named Wellness Wednesdays for Minorities in STEM, which evolved to Wellness Wednesdays for Leadership in December 2020. I gave myself permission then to be scrappy and start with whatever equipment, bandwidth, and time I had, and to make the best of it. As my bandwidth has now expanded, I am so eager to share these conversations in a more accessible manner. Through each recording and episode on Season 1, you will witness both my personal growth in my understanding of leadership, equity, and wellness for minorities across various industries and their advice on the things that have helped them lead, take care of themselves, and push for an equitable future. It is my hope that these episodes help you grow, too, and push you to renew your commitment to taking care of yourself first. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Episode 3 with Naya Butler-Craig. Naya is working towards her PhD in aerospace engineering and is a NASA Space Technology Graduate Research Fellow and GEM Fellow at the Georgia Institute of Technology. She's the recipient of the 2020 Modern Day Technology Leader Award and the 2021 Forbes 30 Under 30 Award for her outstanding performance in STEM. Naya has also built a large following online through her social media profiles and website. These outlets bring her advocacy work to life by offering a window into the life of a doctoral student. In between her pressing academic schedule Naya also works to advocate for diversity in STEAM disciplines. She engages in public speaking events, volunteers with STEAM organizations, and virtually mentors students. Our recording starts now. Today we'll be chatting about imposter syndrome, taking Mm. breaks from the internet whilst being a black, indigenous, person of color content creator and identifying financial mentors as an engineer in the spaces that you're in. Um, So I'm just going to start. I've already introduced yourself, uh, introduced you, (laughs) but... um, I was wondering if you could give me a small introduction about yourself that's um, like a catchy sentence or like a tagline.
1: Yeah, I've been working on this all morning and I haven't <laughs> made it very catchy, but I'm just gonna go with what I have. Okay. And um, so I'm Naya, I'm from Orlando and I'm a space loving, um, I guess, always learning individual who's passionate about making space better for humanity.
0: That was catchy. <laughs>
1: Thanks. The best I could do.
0: (laughs) All right. Okay. So, um, I've said this in um, bio form, but Mm -hmm. I would love if you could kind of tell us about your STEM interest in the context of why you chose the STEM path that you did, and um, in what particular way do you want your work in STEM to make a difference?
1: Absolutely. And so um, you did touch on, you know, the lab that I work at, but what we do there is space electric propulsion. And if you're not familiar with that, um, you may be familiar with chemical propulsion, which is what you see with like SpaceX rockets, where electric propulsion is essentially using electricity to ionize a gas and then accelerate those charged particles to reduce stress. So it's a very different um, mechanism of propulsion that I've been interested in since sophomore year when I learned about um, electricity and magnetism because electric propulsion really uses those fundamental concepts in physics. And um, I chose this path because I truly think that it is the way to deep space exploration. I think it is truly how we're going to get past our solar system and beyond in the most efficient way possible. And so I'm very passionate about deep space exploration, sending not only people, but um, small CubeSats or something I'm really passionate about to send them um, ahead of us so that they can do some of that research. And electric propulsion just seems um, the most efficient way to do that.
0: That's amazing. And so your journey from Emory Riddle to Georgia Tech has now helped Mm -hmm. you to manifest this interest very specifically with being at the um, High Power Electric Propulsion Lab.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Okay. Right. <laughs> OK, so I think we covered um, all of those questions really well. And I'd love to jump into really the topics at hand. Um, the first one being imposter syndrome. So um, I kind of want to first talk about being nominated for Forbes 30 Under 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the, really, the concept of giving oneself um, permission to see themselves as the person that would 500% deserve it. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about any doubt you had in your own mind and any tips you might have for
1: everyone listening to really unpack that? Sure. Um, So I actually didn't know that I was nominated until I got the email kind of asking me to fill out that additional questionnaire. And so, I mean, I texted my family group chat like, oh my God, I just got an email from Forbes. I don't know what it means. And I I think I specifically said, don't get your hopes up, it's just. (laughs) it just maybe that you know they thought of me um and so i basically was bracing myself to not get it and i braced my entire family so that they weren't disappointed um because i was even afraid of letting them know that because then if i didn't get it then i felt like a big disappointment and so i think that already kind of shows how i felt kind of the doubt with respect to forbes just not feeling like i was a name that belonged on that list Um, and then of course i got the email that i did get it and fun fact the time Um, that I got it was actually kind of during finals time and I was already feeling like a complete failure because finals preparation was rough (laughs) and so while it did give me that extra boost to get through finals I think the timing just kind of shows me that um, it's it's not really about how you feel in the moment it's just about who you really are and so I kind of decided to look at myself and say okay what aspects of me did deserve this what have I done in the past and I'm just constantly reminded of the fact that I'm not I'm not my grades. I'm not my, um, you know, my failures or anything. I'm an accumulation of all those things. And so when I when I looked at myself as a whole person and then not just my failures, I kind of saw that you know, the other people on this list do or look just like me. They're just like me. I know you saw like a few of our Twitter friends who got it as well. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever, um, because it just shows that even as a young person, we're making that impact no matter how much we kind of discount it. So I hope that makes sense. But I know you talked about tips. Mm -hmm. So as far as tips for unpacking that, I would just say do 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 the same thing. Don't look at yourself. As one thing in your life, look at your complete whole self um, and don 't forget about what you've accomplished i 'm a person who will do something and then move on to the next thing without really patting ever patting myself on the back and so just really take those moments to pat yourself on the back, make a record of what you 've done don't forget those things and don't forget to use them when you advocate for yourself so I hope that I hope that helps a little bit
0: <laughs> no, it totally does and yeah. so I think one of my main takeaways from what you shared was, it's not only about like acting as if; it's mm-hmm. the realization that you already are. <laughs>
1: yes. If that
0: makes sense, like there isn't like mm-hmm. a gap that you actually are making. It's just like in your head, um, okay. and I just think that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> <Of course>. Okay, <laughs> so um, would you like to share anything more? in terms of that topic on comparisons, um, not
1: putting others on pedestals um, and affirmations that you might have had? Absolutely, so comparisons are huge for me. I know I really struggled with that. Um, I was always looking at the next person and kind of weighing myself on their standard and on their standard of success or what I saw, what they, or I'm sorry, let me put this better. I made other people who I thought were doing the dang thing my standard for success, whereas I should have looked at myself and then assessed myself against a completely different set of standards because again, that person doesn't deal with with what I deal with that person hasn't um, had the experiences that I have and et cetera, et cetera, and so I just say to that like look at look at other people as opportunities to learn, people that you feel that are better than you are not necessarily better than you they may know something different they never know more than you and that's something i've had to completely um really just cement in my head especially in grad school when i'm in a lab with other people who know far more than i do about this lab but i just keep reminding myself they know about this lab i just got here they've been here so it makes sense and so i'm constantly having to just kind of check myself when it comes to looking at other folks and reminding myself that knowing knowing other things is not knowing more things than me. And even if they do know more things, I should be grateful they have the opportunity to learn from that person, regardless of how they look at it, whether they're condescending, whether whether they treat me like I'm less than, I see every opportunity to learn, because if I'm learning, I'm winning. And if they're condescending or et cetera, have their own personality flaw, personality flaws, mm-hmm. that is their issue. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's... Thing
0: it's a blessing to be in rooms where we're not the smartest person. So we exactly. can kind of like grow and like reach that.
1: Right. Exactly. Okay. And, and they're learning my... from you too, by the way. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's like a bunch of nice comments like coming your way. Like, Oh my gosh, thank you, Naya.
1: Oh, sweet. <laughs> um, <I love> everybody.
0: <laughs> um, and they're saying, you know, this is such great advice. And, um, Let's see, assess yourself today against yourself yesterday and work to be better than you were, not anyone else. That's my um, mom. Okay, oh my gosh, <laughs> Hi, mom. thank you for being here. I love that. Okay, um, so if you feel good about that, I think we yeah. can um, transition to going sure. offline and yeah. needing to take mental health breaks as a um, black indigenous person of color, yeah. but then, also wanting to be a creator that um, does all the prerequisites of like growing and like growing on social media and having like a strong community and a platform where they're able to speak to their values. So, um, okay, so I wanted to first talk about the tools that you use to be able to go offline as often as you need, um, despite having to like maintain the online presence because people look to you um, as someone that they'd like to hear from about um, space or issues pertaining to black indigenous people of color. So I'd love to talk
1: about that. Absolutely, and so one big tool that I use is Hootsuite. So I definitely have some planned content um, that's very useful for when I'm offline. But I also realize that I owe, I owe myself much more than I owe anybody else. And so even if our even if people are looking to me for answers and I feel I need to you know step away I step away (laughs) and I think that's a big thing because I think that you know being you know big on social media being a leader on social media is great but not at the expense of yourself and I think my true supporters the people who really support me would not mind if they didn't see me for a few days especially like I mean, my, the best example is during the summer when, you know, it was the height of the Black Lives Matter process. There were police brutality instances and just the news of that just making its ways across social media every day. And and you know that, you know, for, for Black folks, you're seeing other Black people just be a trigger warning, I'm sorry, but murdered. And that is not easy to look at every day. That is beyond traumatizing. And I owed it to myself to step back a few times. And yes, I you know, I, I did want to be the person that people did look to for certain answers with respect to, you know, how does the space community fit into what's happening right now? Like, I do want to be a part of that, but never at the expense of myself. And I know the people who truly support me understood that. And I knew that social media isn't going anywhere. Um, You know, again, with comparisons, other people may pass you during your break, but if you have your niche of community, you don't want people that are, you don't want them to treat you as some type of unlimited resource because that's not sustainable. And so I think that the community I've cultivated, um, I absolutely love my social media community, the people that I interact with. I think I've got a great community there. I feel supported from my supporters and I feel like they would give me all the space that I need and so I think that's a big part or big tool of taking that break online make sure you've cultivated a community where you feel comfortable doing so so I hope that makes sense
0: <laughs> do you feel like there's ever um big lags between people reaching out to you through dms that may become as like message requests and yeah. um maybe there's like a mentorship component to that but your platform itself stands for mentorship and inspiration. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like there's ever a lag between being able to get to all of those messages as like a real human (laughs) at the end, but then like sometimes maybe not being recognized as a real human and like as a robot that just like creates content?
1: Yes, exactly. That's that is like so huge for me. And it literally propelled me to make my website. (laughs) And I don't know if you've been on my website, but I have a forum where um, I allow, like people can just sign up and be a member of my website and they can post all their questions there. Mm -hmm. And then when I have the opportunity, I get to it. Or, um, you know, I I allow other people to go and answer their questions as well. And what I found is that a lot of people do have a lot of the same questions. So I love that that is a public forum where people can look at, Other things that I've said in the past and then just use it because again I'm not an unlimited resource and I mean when I tell you it bothers me to my core that I can't get to everybody whether it's just my own forgetfulness or it's just too much and I get overwhelmed I I do get overwhelmed by dms I have them all over the place and I just freak out a bit (laughs) I just have to like just log out of everything but um no my, my website is literally why that that's why it exists For that reason exactly. And yes, I do kind of feel that a lot of people have a little bit of entitlement when it comes to kind of seeking, not a lot of people, actually, a few people have a little bit of entitlement when it comes to reaching out. And it's something I understand because that's my image. I've said, you know, know, I'm trying to be as tangible as possible, but that does come at a cost for my time. Um, And as many people that I try to get back to, my my goal is to always direct them to my website so that when i'm not available you do have something you're getting something from me even though it's not direct and it's a little less personal but you will get what you need so i'm praying to god that's working um i haven't gotten much feedback some people do use it and i'm very grateful for the people who do use the website so we'll see no
0: i've seen it and it's like really <laughs> lovely so um i kind of want to like summarize those points yeah. so my main takeaways is- we're using scheduling apps like Hootsuite sure. so that you can do your like day job as a researcher and PhD student to utmost right. oh. most perfection. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. And so first is scheduling apps. The second thing is having yes. a website or some sort of portfolio that can take in questions. Yes. Um, maybe not a calendar because everyone can just book. jump on there there. (laughs) Um, and so more so like a online forum where like-minded people who follow your page can ask you questions and even answer other people's questions so that um, like it really like hits the nail home that like you're not an unlimited resource.
1: Right, Yeah, and, and then they, they could always refer back to that thing. They don't have to wait on a response from me anyway, because so a lot of stuff is time-sensitive. So I like for people to just have something that they need. And if it's not an online resource, I mean, a lot of our pages tell a lot about what we do too, like our Instagram pages. Um, so you could direct them to certain posts so you don't have to, you know, repeat yourself. So. No, that's really, really
0: practice. helpful for
1: anyone
0: listening. Okay, <laughs> um, okay so... Let me see. Um, Okay, the last couple topics um, Mm -hmm. pertain to financial mentorship. Um, And so can you begin by telling me a little bit about financial mentors that you've had in your life as an engineer, Um, Mm -hmm. really how to seek them out in spaces like um, engineering schools and Mm -hmm. NASA, Um, Mm -hmm. and if you could share openers for conversations uh, with said financial mentors that would also be really helpful
1: absolutely and so um my financial mentors actually uh, met working at nasa and it was really chance like i can't say i sought them out as a matter of fact i was so um what do you call it i don't want to say laser, laser focus because that may give like a positive connotation i was so um i had such tunnel vision when it came to engineering Um, I didn't think about business. I didn't think about money. I was just like, I'm gonna get this degree. I'm gonna be a PhD, aerospace engineer at NASA and live the life of my dreams. And then I saw somebody with a PhD at NASA living not a life of my dreams. And I was like, okay, maybe I need to think about something else. And um, that was just because I think it opened my mind to the fact that, you know, having a PhD working at NASA is amazing. I'm not trying to discount that. But it's not exactly financially where I thought it was going to be. I still had that naivete that like being an aerospace engineer, you're going to be make a bunch of money.
0: And be all um, set.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what everybody says. And then you get there and you're like, that's not quite. That's not what we talked about. <laughs> and that's OK. I mean, um, I absolutely love NASA and the environment there. So it's worth it. However. Um, at that point, I kind of decided that I needed some additional guidance. And so my mom has always been one of my mentors, as a matter of fact, financially. I learned so much from her. But within the engineering space, I wanted um, some more, like, specific advice when it comes to cultivating my career and something or just making sure that my financial life is on point with respect to that salary and what I'm expected to make. And so any openers I would I would suggest or just kind of bring it up. I think money is a much bigger topic in these spaces now, just in general, because we've seen kind of the crap, we've seen a, a big economy lapse because of COVID. I think now, I mean, it's gonna be almost a no brainer to mention that. Also, if you, if you work at NASA or you've worked at even any other government facility, you're, you might deal with furloughs. And that is another fi- huge financial burden for some people because you literally go without a paycheck because the government, I mean, because the president shuts the government down. And that can be, you know, really not great for some people. And so I would, if if I were to look for another financial mentor within the engineering kind of space, I would bring up those things. Like um, if they work at NASA, another government facility, how do you deal with furloughs? If you work at, if you work in private, how do you deal with your contracts getting pulled by the government (laughs) or however that works? Um, Just basically, what is your safety net? Ask people what their safety net is. And that'll usually open up um, a bunch of different conversations, whether it's passive income, whether it's like other entrepreneurial exploits, whether it's just saving and Dave Ramsey, just um, there's just so much out there that you can learn. And it's very, it's very hard navigating it as an individual. Um, So it's, it's always good to have mentorship. And I know there's people out there willing to help.
0: No, that's awesome. And the other question I really had was as we um, kind of go through the stages in life from like high school to um, undergrad, grad school, PhD programs, mm-hmm. um, we end up bringing like other people into our lives. And yeah. we have like partners in our lives that maybe we want to like share these conversations with. Do you have any mm-hmm um good openers for how to really have that conversation with a partner who might be in engineering and might not be thinking about the same things Mm -hmm. but um introducing it to them if you are the one introducing it and like Mm -hmm. sharing that this is like really important and how you'd like them to participate
1: absolutely um so i would bring up safety nets again i mean we have so many instances now where you can give examples So I would say, you know, with COVID, what if we, God forbid, you lost your job during COVID, what would we do? I would bring up those scenarios, not for the point of scaring them into thinking about financial literacy, but essentially giving them a little bit more perspective. And I know it's very easy, just like I said, to have tunnel vision and engineering where you think, well, I don't have time to think about that stuff. Well, don't get to the point where you have no choice but to think about that stuff. Think about it before you have the problem. And so that's the way I would open that up. Um, and then if it's something, if it's someone that you're very serious about, I would say, you know, well, I'm not comfortable intertwining my finances with you just yet. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, however, I think it would be really beneficial for our future um, depending on what our goals are, which is, I think that is a sure way to open the conversation is to sit down as a couple um and and ask about your goals what are your financial goals what are your family goals are you trying to retire your mom your dad are you trying to live in this kind of house are you you know etc etc and so um those are the ways that i would open it um especially with asking them to play a certain part because you can't want it for your partner um and kind of understanding their goals will help you understand if that's something that they would be interested or open to doing
0: Yeah, Um, and so do you have – I love how you mentioned that um, when we do have tunnel vision because we have, like, literally so much work and mm -hmm. maybe teaching or grading papers or just doing, like, a billion things and then, like, code that doesn't run. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. um, How do you kind of dip your toe in to um, these topics, and how Mm -hmm. do you fit that into your schedule? Like, is it, like, Mm -hmm. putting putting a block into – your calendar when there is one open being like, okay, this is like where I'll look into these topics like every week or every two weeks. Um, Do you have any like suggestions about that?
1: Absolutely, yes. Um, And I will say, I think a lot of people are like, I'm gonna think they need an hour to sit down and think about their finances. But I think concentrated effort um, combined with like daily habits will make a far better difference. So even if you spend like 15 minutes a day, thinking about it, whether you decide to watch like a, a you know, not what am I trying to say? Like a like a trading video whether you want to start getting into trades. Um, those videos don't you don't have to watch the ones that are hours long. First of all, my attention span does not last that long. Second of all, um, I think just daily habits um make for a much better result than just, you know, spending a a bunch of time on something. And so I would just say start with daily habits, start with little increments of time. And then as you feel more comfortable or as other um, openings come up on your schedule, if you decide to, you can, I guess, additional add that additional time. But daily habits or even if you decide to do it like a weekly thing, just like you said, just making sure you have that time for it so that you send a signal to your mind that says this is a priority and this is a non-negotiable for me
0: no i love that and my personal way to kind of incorporate that in is Mm -hmm. to watch like a quick video on youtube while maybe i'm having like a lunch meal because i'm not necessarily going anywhere um right because like mostly taking classes from home and Mm -hmm. so I love that because I can just like open up a video on YouTube. Um, Mm -hmm. The person I go to is like Mrs. Dow Jones. um, Oh, interesting. And she explains Mm -hmm. things in the concept of like pop culture.
1: I love it. (laughs) Which I love.
0: Um, So I feel like I'm learning something, um, but Mm -hmm. there's so many references that it's like an enjoyable experience. It's like less scary. Um, She's like, I think Mrs. Dow Jones, like on all her platforms. Um, But I love that because it is those daily habits that signal that it is a priority.
1: Exactly. And yes. I actually like that you mentioned cooking because we have a lot of productive time, like mm-hmm. whether it's while you're in your car commuting somewhere, maybe while you're walking to class, et cetera, et cetera. You can throw in a podcast in your ears to keep your mind just kind of on it pretty much. Yeah. I love that mm-hmm.
0: you said that because um, another thing that I'm doing is um, on Audible, um, mm-hmm. I got the book by Ramit Shetty called I Will Teach You To Be Rich, which essentially <laughs> says that Our lives are rich and full and there's Mm. a cap on what we can stop spending on, but there isn't ever a cap on what we can earn on. And so how do you become the person that like earns more and is like investing in things like that? And what's exciting about that is like, I'm reading that with my partner. So that's like a good, good. opener
1: being like, yeah. hey, do you wanna read this book together at <laughs> like a book club? Right, that's precious. And my mom actually, she just mentioned the Headway app. That's something she introduced me to where it, it summarizes books in like 15 minutes. So say you're like just kind of starting and you don't know what to read and you don't wanna waste your time on a whole book trying to get information that you may not need. That is a great way to just kind of listen to basically a SparkNotes version of it. And try a bunch of different books that way in a much more condensed amount of time.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Because you Mm -hmm. could, like, in a month, like, read as many, like, finance books as
1: you wanted. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Read. (laughs) That's right. Read. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Okay. Oh, my gosh. So um, I have two more questions for you. And then there's actually a question from one of the people listening right now an audience absolutely. member and I'd love to kind of like round out the conversation with that so um my next question is can you tell me a little bit about your morning and or night routine and what really helps you bounce back when you fall off track
1: absolutely so my morning routine just I do my best to not look at my phone first thing in the morning cuz I'm so attached to it but um, typically just do something for myself, whether it's, you know, make my bed um, so I, I'm in a nice environment. I like when things are neat. And so I love making my bed in the morning. Um, I like to just kind of get water on my face, make sure I do my essentials. I think whenever I start my day off with my phone, I don't do anything for myself. I end up like washing my face like at noon and I'm like, okay, gross. I want to feel fresh in the morning. Um, drink something cold I like to have like cold water or like some tea in the morning some cold tea and then at night I like to um, I like to read something typically it's like a bible verse or I kind of go through I have this gratitude app where I will um, write down what I'm grateful for for the day or I'll look at my vision board I just kind of sit there and look at it meditate it feel really inspired um, or I try to um, I'm trying to think of what else is in my nightly routine. I like to, like I said, I like to do something for me at night too, whether that's play The Sims, because I've just reintroduced myself to The Sims, <laughs> so that's my new favorite game. I play other video games, um, I'll watch like a Netflix show or something, um, so that I can go to bed feeling kind of like I am, uh, what do you call it, I'm not feeling the dread of like school or research, <laughs> I just felt like I did something for myself. And so those are the, the two things or the two routines that I have that I try to stick to. I'm not super consistent with it, but when I do do those things, they make a world of difference.
0: And like helps you show up as your best self.
1: Exactly. More happy, That's awesome. <laughs> more full. Yeah.
0: Okay. So um, my final question really is what does wellness mean to you?
1: Sure. Um, I think wellness is kind of looking out for your future self. Um, both mentally and physically and emotionally, just all the elites um, and all, in all the facets of your life. And so um, whether that's daily habits that continue to build on your personal, professional, um, spiritual development, or whether it's just truly taking time out for yourself to be yourself and just be, I think I have trouble with like living in the moment. And so um I don't, I have trouble just appreciating what's around me and et cetera. And when I take the time to just be, whether that's through meditation or just like true, just doing nothing, um, I feel at my best. And so I think taking those times out for yourself as well as having the discipline to do what you don't feel like doing so that you look out for future self um, is what wellness truly is.
0: Thank you for saying that. Um, Okay, so I have, (laughs) question from someone in the audience Um, they say um, how do you try to build up support for black indigenous people of color who are gender minorities to go into science
1: absolutely I think putting pressure on um, these organizations whether they're academic institutions or you know corporate organizations um, I think putting the pressure on them to not just um, recruit talent but to retain them and put intentional thought behind what it means to retain BIPOC um and so I think creating that space it's great when you have support systems within that space so I can do everything I want I want to do to try and make black women feel more safe coming to you know wherever I'm at whether that's school or at a job Um, and we can have as big of of a community as we want but if that organization is not putting any action behind its words to retain that talent and actually, whether that's policy change, whether that's salary, making sure that we're getting paid what we're worth, or et cetera, um, We're simply not going to retain, you know, that talent, essentially, if that makes sense. And not so, totally. right. And yeah. so I, I think it's just most important to put that pressure on organizations and kind of make them uh, tell them to put their money where their mouth is. <laughs> And, and, so, and make yeah. the conversation
0: surrounding sponsorship rather than just, like, mentorship because exactly. that's free. <laughs> also, <laughs> and
1: yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, continue. Yeah. I was going to say, like, re- so putting all of the responsibility on the, you know, Black indigenous people of color to create these communities burns us out. i don't think they understand that enough like yes it's great to be the leader of this cause because of course you want somebody who's in that who who understands the struggle to be in that position right but at the same time we can't bear the brunt of mentoring every new hire or every new student because at what point does our productivity in our job suffer so it's like do the do the work hire the people that actually have you know what do you call it um, professional backgrounds in this stuff and diversity and inclusion and recruitment who do look like us but that's their job because mm-hmm. making it our jobs just it really it you're going to limit what we can do you're going to um, just essentially burn us out I don't want to go too long but I'm very passionate about that time tax because it's not a joke so yeah. no
0: exactly mm-hmm. and in terms of just wanting to be educated about these issues and the burnout um, that black indigenous people of color face when they're um, having to do like talks for free and it's not their job. Um, Like no one signed up to be a DNI like advocate if they're a scientist. Um, (laughs) I think what we saw last year was a lot of people that looked like me or a couple shades lighter asking, Mm -hmm. why don't you tell me what we can do best to support you. And I think what's interesting is it's not only asking and listening carefully, but it's also like taking the initiative to do the reading ourselves. So it's, Mm -hmm. I think it kind of loops back around to um, sometimes the people that ask content creators questions. It's like the same thing. Like Mm -hmm. there are forums out there where you can read about how you can support Black, Indigenous people of color. And you can ask those like forums and platforms questions rather than um, right. taxing the people themselves who might be like scientists or engineers and yeah. um, there's like this careful balance of of not um, thinking that you owe us
1: anything. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah you hit the nail on the head there's not much to add and um, I just wanted to point out like especially with regard to talks like if if you see a black indigenous person of color doing a talk informing you about how this, how these experiences affect us, and you're just trying to learn, remember that that is a privilege and not a right um, that, that they have given they have, you know, made time for that. And they don't owe you those explanations, you, you owe them to learn if you call yourself an ally, if you don't, you're prerogative, I don't care. But if you do, um, the goal shouldn't be to stress out, tire out, and then not pay a bunch of um, individuals who actually are going through, you know, the racism that you want to inform yourself about. So you, that you hit it perfectly.
0: Thank mm-hmm. you. And I think something else that's kind of coming to mind that mm-hmm. I'd like love to share on here is that um, even as I was like planning these conversations, I really wanted to be intentional with. Um, who spoke after the other person and how different Mm -hmm. um, ethnicities were being represented and Mm -hmm. I thought to myself really a lot of the people that um, initially I had thought to reach out to who were Mm -hmm. content creators in this space um, looked pretty homogenous and so when I tried to intentionally um, invite more people of color I did think to myself like is that like strange or different and then I was like no it's not because if it were flipped like that wouldn't be a question at all because that happens all the time Um, and I think the mental gymnastics that (laughs) um, we need to play is like understated and is so necessary like if I feel like we're doing that and having those thoughts and conversations it's It's what we owe (laughs) to your community (laughs) to do that thinking. Um, And so I just, I guess I wanted to end with that um, on my end and just open it up. If if you had any closing thoughts, I feel really good about where the conversation headed.
1: Me too. I I, I love what you said, that the mental gymnastics, I think about it like, so you have a bunch of scientists, engineers, um, at least within our space, within our community that are usually asking questions about how to fix this and then expecting, you know, BIPOC to answer those questions about how to fix everything. I'm like, if, if we had the answers and, it, and if we could fix it, it would have been fixed already. Mm-hmm. And so what I say is apply that same innovation that you, that you apply to your work to these questions too, um, when it comes to how to make, you know, the space more equitable or more inclusive The same research and development that you do at your job you can apply that same mindset that same strategic thinking mental gymnastics to these problems too yeah like
0: if we can send people to mars we can we can have a little bit more compassion and (laughs) empathy yeah
1: absolutely
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being here, Naya. Um, Mm -hmm. For everyone that's tuned in, um, I will be posting this later on IGTV. So if um, you had a friend that wanted to listen, it will be up and posted and I'll try my best to generate the um, auto-generated captions, closed captions, which Mm -hmm. is a lot harder (laughs) Mm -hmm. to do. Um, I saw your tweet on that yesterday (laughs) um, as I was researching how to get that. so, yeah. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me and everybody who listened and said something sweet. I will go through the comments soon.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Okay, have the loveliest day you and too. happy Wednesday.
1: Happy Wednesday. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the Leadership Equity and Wellness Pod with Ricky Byrne. You can find me at Ricky Roy on Instagram and Ricky underscore Roy at TikTok and learn more about me at rickyroy.com.